Gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two. As we continue to discover the power of trust, Shara B'Tochen. Together, we are going to le- learn to live with certainty. We're learning how to trust. This is big stuff. Okay, friends, with no further ado, let's get right into it. In our first episode, we talked about the Torah obligation to trust. Although the author of Shara Betochen Rabbeinu Bechaya by Yosef Ibn Pekuda doesn't mention the word mitzvah here, to be sure. He does factually state that in the gate prior, he spoke about serving Hashem. So if you're serving Hashem, Obviously, it's, it's going to be a mitzvah. Now, he said that this is something, this trust business that we're having issues with, it's actually more important than anything else for the person who seeks to be an oivid ho'elikim, a servant of God. Clearly, this has to be a mandate. It has to be something which is obligatory. We established its necessity yesterday. Something we got stuck on previously was trusting Hashem in all of your affairs because it's beneficial. Because it's beneficial or because trust contains many benefits seems in some way oxymoronic with the notion that you need this because there's no other way for you to be a servant of Hashem. So I want to point out that there is another way to read the words sheyesh bo. It has in it. According to the 18th century commentary known as Neder Bakridish, he suggests that sheyesh bo has in it. It's not referring to betochen, but rather... It's referring to Sha'ar HaBetochem. He says this chapter, this gate, has within it many benefits. So to clarify, of course it's a necessity. Obviously it's obligatory. Now, in this chapter, in this gate, you'll find all kinds of benefits. In essence, you'll be able to discover how to nurture, how to cultivate, how to develop this very powerful sense of security, certainty, and trust in Hashem. Now let me tell you why it has to be a mitzvah. And let me tell you, why are we having this discussion altogether? Yesterday a friend said to me, oh, he says, you focus all on that, yes, obligatory, not obligatory, 
couldn't you talk about like the virtues, the values? What benefits we derive from having betachen trust in Hashem? I said, patience. We will be talking about the many, many virtues and extraordinary fringe benefits that are associated with being able to attain this level of living with certainty. However, it's cardinally important for us, you and me, to establish that this is a mitzvah. You want to know why? My dear friends, I can't succeed at everything. Neither can you. People say, well, if you, you put your mind to it, you can succeed at it. Says who? Would you tell somebody who is lame that if they put their mind to it, they could run a marathon? I don't think I could run a marathon, even if I put my mind to it. And even if I could run a marathon, if I put my mind to it and it was really important, maybe my life depended on it, I still wouldn't win. It's just not me. I'm not really athletic by nature. Now, put me on a 24-hour marathon of studying Torah, count me in. I'll even try to win. That's something that comes more naturally to me. That's something I have a passion for. It's something I enjoy. The Mishnah, the Talmud, in Mesechet Pesachim, makes a statement. Our sages said, Your gaita, if you tried, but you didn't find success, altamen. That's not believable. Lo yogati, if a person says, I didn't try at all, umatsasi, I found tremendous success. Altamen. That's not believable either. Yogati, umatsasi. However, if I toiled and I found success, tamen. Now that's a story, a narrative we can believe. This pithy statement by our sages found in Mesechet Psachim was selected by the Rebbe as one of 12 cardinal principles for achieving success at life. And I encourage you to visit Chabad.org. I have a series on the 12 steps. And the point, if I may succinctly sum it up, is this. No, you cannot necessarily become a multimillionaire if you try hard enough. And you will not necessarily become a professional hockey player, nor will you necessarily become the most brilliant doctor, scientist, or professor. However, when it comes to fulfilling your Yiddishkeit mission, meaning the destiny that was ordained uniquely for you by God, the creator of heaven and earth, if you try, you will succeed. It is impossible, impossible, as a matter of faith for us to accept anything less. Because Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu God, as our sages put it, does not make impossible demands. If He has an expectation of you, yes, you can succeed. You have to be able to succeed. Now what if I have success without really working hard? Yeah, I can achieve better than my neighbor with my eyes half closed. Guess what? You're not a success story. Because success from a Torah perspective is not being ahead of your neighbor or even at the head of your class. Success means being all you can be. 
utilizing the unique faculties, wherewithal, and ability that God gave you and you only. Each of us has a unique set of circumstances. Each of us has a unique set of talents and abilities. And all of us are expected to fulfill our destiny. And if we try hard enough, we will succeed. And if we don't try, we won't because God didn't make it easy. It's so important for us to establish that this business of betochen is actually a mitzvah because from a faith-based perspective, if it's a mitzvah, we can achieve it. If it isn't, I don't know if we can. Some people will have the strength of mind and character, the courage and bravery to live with certainty and find tranquility despite the uncertain nature of what tomorrow brings, and some people might not. But if betachen is a mitzvah, we can all do it. And with this in mind, I want to take you to take a look at the words of Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah, the great 13th or 14th sage, Rishon, who wrote a remarkable Sha'arei Tshuva, which we'll get to a little bit later today, wrote a commentary on the book of Proverbs, which we mentioned yesterday. Today I'd like to take you to the top of that very commentary. King Solomon in his wisdom prophetically intones in the third chapter of Proverbs, Mishle, Pasuk Zion in the seventh verse, Al Don't be so wise in your own eyes. Yiroas Hashem, revere the Almighty. Literally fear, but I'll have something to say about that in a few moments. Vesur Meira, and turn away. Turn away from evil. doesn't say don't do evil, just turn away from it. Don't even look in that direction. Rabbeinu Yena comments, Yireyes Hashem vesur mira, to revere Hashem and to turn away or avoid evil. That is to say, lo yimshol ha'odom lahasur midara, a person will not succeed at engineering his own persona, zulasi b'koyachirat Hashem, without a sense of awe and reverence, respect, mistranslated as fear for God. If you don't have a sense of awe for Hashem, if you are not in awe of the Creator and the fact that He loves and cares and expects something from you, you will never succeed. You'll find one excuse or another, you will not succeed at fulfilling your destiny in life and avoiding the pitfalls of the ugly side of humanity. And we all have it. Rabbeinu Yonah develops this idea and he says people who are wise in their own eyes or impressed with themselves invariably will fail because that kind of smug attitude is arrogant and toxic in and of itself. And then Rabbeinu Yonah continues, listen carefully my friends. It is more so important, it's an imperative for you to understand, for you to intuit, to get it. Because this notion of having awe and reverence for God has everything to do with 
trust in Hashem. The idea of betochen. No human will ever reach the maximum potential that he or she was endowed with insofar as developing and cultivating that needed, necessary sense of awe for Hashem. Unless you first succeed at cultivating and developing that sense of trust and certainty in Hashem. Because if a person is not going to accept the notion of trusting God, but instead the person will trust something other than God, then in that case you won't really revere God either. But the truth is we should not be trusting people. We should be trusting Hashem. Because, as we established yesterday, everything is in God's hands. How could you revere God or respect God or be in awe of God if you don't think He's omnipotent? If you don't know He's all-powerful? If you place your trust in something other than God? Instead, you always hope to God. You should raise your eyes, proverbially speaking, at all times to heaven. It is from that sense of relying on God. That's betochen. That's how you'll reach the perfection of Yira. Now, my friends, Yirat Hashem is a mitzvah. It's an actual commandment in the Torah. Rabbeinu Yen is telling us, if we don't have betochen, we won't have yira. Yira is mandatory. And it's mandatory that we have yirat Hashem in the fullest sense. And so if you can't have yirat Hashem in the fullest sense without betochen, clearly betochen, trust in Hashem, is a portion, a part of the fulfillment of that particular mitzvah. This needs to be somewhat elucidated because when we take a look in the book of mitzvahs, and we speak about the notion of Yirat Hashem, the notion of the awe we're supposed to have for God, we're told pretty clearly that it has a, shall we say, a specific application. A specific application insofar as being respectful towards the Creator. In the words of Rambam, HaMitzvah at the fourth of the positive mitzvahs. That we should be in awe of God, believe in that, that sense of awe, that sense of reverence. We should actually be frightened, so to speak, of not fulfilling our mission in life. If not, we'll become like heretics. Who walk with a sense of of indifference. But we instead, nira bias onshe, we should know that there are consequences to what we do. This is first and foremost the antidote to nihilism, which means nothing matters. Everything matters. Literally. And Hashem has expectations of us. And we should be in awe of that, afraid to disappoint Him. Mindful of the notion 
that there are consequences. As it says, as Hashem You must revere the Lord your God. Now Rambam goes on to speak about the commandment in the Torah not to use the name of God in a meaningless way. And the balance of the way he discusses this mitzvah focuses on reciting God's name in vain. Doesn't quite sound like a, a feeling or a, a consciousness that we're supposed to develop. And yet, when we take a look in the Sefer Mitzvah's Gadol, we mentioned this yesterday, written by Rabbi Moshe of Kusi, 12th century Tosafist, he speaks about the mitzvah tasei, that we should be in awe. In English, it comes across a little bit unwieldy, fear, but it doesn't mean fear in the carnal or literal sense. Perhaps I could help explain it to you this way. If you saw an armed terrorist, you'd be afraid. Who wouldn't? If there was a dangerous animal, say a ferocious lion that had escaped and was now running through the streets, you'd be afraid. That's not the fear we speak of here. Some people are, are afraid to take on a responsibility. Some people are afraid to speak publicly. Some people are afraid to speak in front of a camera like this. Perhaps they'll make a mistake. Maybe they'll make a fool of themselves. Now, if you were to make a mistake, or if you will make a fool of yourself, nobody's going to harm you. Why is that something to be afraid of? Well, it's just human nature. We value our own personal dignity, and we don't want to make fools of ourselves. It's difficult for people to overcome something like stage fright. That's not literal. It's not a fear of harm or pain. It's a fear of shame. And from there, you can kind of extend or build this idea to appreciate and understand that the reality of Yirat Shamayim, fear of heaven, doesn't sound quite right in English. Rabbeinu Moshe Kusi, in his classic Sefer Mitzvah's Godel, goes on to speak about Ha'azhara Lemotzi Shem Shamayim Levatola, the warning in the Torah don't use the name of God in vain. And he discusses this at great length, referencing some very similar sources to those quoted by Maimonides Rambam in his book of mitzvahs. However, the Sefer Mitzvahs Godel concludes with the following words, Bechlal mitzvazu, included in this instruction or divine commandment, kol dovor shetoloi b'machashova, anything which is linked to your thought. Machashovas haulev, not just your attempt to try and understand something, but the way you relate to it. Intellectual quotients, as it filters into emotional quotients, your awareness, your attitude, your perspective, your bias, your approach to life. Kamaisha Amru Rabbi Seinu, as our rabbis told us, and here, Smag Sefer Mitzvah's Godel references a famous statement in Mesechat Kedush on page 32b. Shakol dover hamasar lelev nemer b'yereisa Anything which is of the emotive nature, it's in your heart, so to speak. 
Here it says viorasa. So to have the right feelings in our heart, to relate to things, which what emotions are all about, appropriately, we need to have a sense of awe, a sense of respect. Betochen clearly is a part of that. The 13th century Tosafist, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Mikorbil, who followed up on the Sefer Mitzvah's Gadol with Sefer Mitzvah's Koton, affectionately known as Smak. He also, in the fourth mitzvah, speaks about this very idea of awe or reverence for Hashem. Lira. To fear. He said, like, what does that mean? Define it. He says it means, You should be worried. You should be concerned. These are the anxieties you should have. You should be afraid of violating the word of your master. That which he commanded you. Not only because there is a judge and there will be a day of judgment. Not only because there is a consequence to everything we do. Say a person doesn't concern himself with consequences. He's not afraid. He may be a fool. He's not afraid of that. But God loves me. He's not going to strike me down. I tried it. The lightning bolt didn't come. That doesn't motivate him. Says, Rabbeinu Yitzchak, Yesh lo lira v'lechavin lidog shalayichas melech godo v'neira alav. He doesn't want to earn the king's ire. Look, suppose there was a relationship you valued. Maybe there was a, a person of interest that you were pursuing. You wouldn't want to do something that would make them angry. You wouldn't want to jeopardize the relationship. <laughs> I know a lot of people that are afraid of their children. What are they afraid of? Well, they're afraid of losing a relationship because a lot of youth today are fickle and entitled. It's a problem. But there's a concern, a real concern. I don't want to lose a relationship. I value a relationship. I'll think twice before I say something. Not because I don't have the guts to say something. What will be accomplished? What price will I pay? That's the meaning of Yerat Shemayim. I value my relationship with God. I want to please God. I don't want to bring God something which earns me the opposite of His favor. I don't want to be the cause of God's anger directed towards me. Forget punishment. I don't want to lose my relationship. That's Yira. The Sefer Mitzvah's Katan goes on to say that he says a person who serves God out of love and out of awe, Ahava and Yira, he says, if all you love is reward and all you fear is consequence or punishment, he says, all right, at least that too is an expression of faith because you actually believe that there is a God and that he will reward or punish. In other words, if a person is afraid of God, you now know he believes in God and in God's omnipotence. But this, he says, is really not what it's about. It's an immature understanding of God, whilst it may be quite real. Ultimately, we should be led into a higher state of awe and trust in Hashem. So it shouldn't be hard for us to fathom the notion that, in fact, we can, we can develop this real sense of trust in God. It has to be so, because it's part of a mitzvah. 
the fourth positive mitzvah, liyida, to revere Hashem. However, truth be told, it gets a lot more interesting. Rabbeinu Yena, in Sha'ar Tshuva, in the third section, part 33 states, In the Torah, there is a commandment. It's found in Parsha Shoftim. That's Deuteronomy. And there we hear in Deuteronomy chapter 20 about warfare. The verse says, when you will go out to engage your enemies, the enemies of the Jewish people, the enemies of God, as it were, in conflict, in battle. And the Pasuk, the verse goes on to say that when this happens, and you see a horse and a chariot and a, a nation bigger than you, they have larger bombs, bigger tanks, and more troops, you shall not fear them. Rabbeinu Yena says, this is not only a statement about the battlefield. It's not only a statement about the armed forces. It's not only a statement about combat or warfare. But in fact, it is ultimately a statement about life. Because life oftentimes feels like a battlefield. And our experiences oftentimes feel like combat. We seem so often to be in conflict, in conflict with our own fears, insecurities, with our own shortcomings, in conflict with others, in conflict or challenged by ugly, grotesque anti-Semitism, disgusting haters. They're all about today. So we're in a battle. It's a battle for survival. You may find yourself challenged on any given day. Says Rabbeinu Yeina, he is harnu bazeh. What the Torah is talking about here, when it discusses the battlefield and combat, she'im ha'adam kitzara krova, that if a person sees some kind of very difficult set of circumstances, what's proverbially known as narrow straits, things which will squeeze Inhibit things which will cause you great discomfort. The salvation of Hashem should be in your heart. You should not find yourself filled with anxiety. You should not find yourself filled with worry or fear, but faith. Faith, not fear. The only fear we should have is for Hashem. You know, parenthetically, there's a beautiful story told about the Baal Shem Tov. When he was a little boy, he was unafraid to venture into the forest all alone. A forest that had bears, snakes. He was never afraid. He'd even go there at night. And they said to this little orphan, Yisraelik, are you you're not afraid? He said, before my father died, when the Baal Shem Tov was just five years old, he told his son on his deathbed, promise me that you will fear no one but Hashem himself. 
As the famous Sadiq Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev once taught, there is one fear that can consume and do away with all others. It's the fear of Hashem. That's the fear we ask for every year on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur at our high holidays. We say, Give us your dread and your fear. We're not asking to live lives that are filled with worry, anxiety, fear or concern. We're asking to be in awe of God. Rabbeinu Yoyna says, when you're faced with a difficult set of circumstances, don't be overcome with fear and anxiety. Fill your heart with faith. Faith that Hashem's salvation is at hand. And then he says, Ve'yivtach aleha. Rely on it. Trust it. Be certain in it. Betochen. Rabbeinu Yoyna is talking about a mitzvah. A mitzvah about a soldier going to combat. And he says, this mitzvah is talking about you and me as we go through the battlefield of life. And we're commanded to do it with betochen. With trust in Hashem. Shanemar, as it is written in the 50, 85th chapter of Psalms, Hashem's salvation is always close to those who revere Him. That same sense of awe and that same sense of reverence seems to be interchangeable with the idea of betochen. And it is actually derived from a technical mitzvah. A technical mitzvah that's understood by Rabbeinu Bachaya not only to be addressing the technicalities of that command. Rabbeinu Bachayo, um, pardon me, Rabbeinu Yenu also sends us off to a fascinating verse which is found in the prophecies of Isaiah Yeshayo Hanavi in the 51st chapter which comprise some of the most stirring comforting prophecies in the entire corpus of our Tanakh. In fact, these are read on the weeks that follow Tishabav and what is proverbially known as the string of seven, Shiva de Nechmasa, seven haftorot of comfort. Here we say, Anoichi, Anoichi. Hashem says to the Jewish people, do not be fearful. Chapter 51, verse 12. Hashem says, I, I am your comforter. This is the third of those haftorot. Mi at vatiri. Rabbeinu Yonah quotes this verse that says, Who are you that you fear? Me enosh? Mortal man? Mortal man. Ben Adam from a person? Mortal man will die. Ben Adam is chotzer and He will simply be rendered to the grass. In other words, the children of Israel should not fear mortals. We should not fear mortal man that is compared to grass that withers away. We should be fearful only of Hashem. And the only reason we're fearful is because we've forgotten the source of our strength. And so Rabbeinu Yena establishes that it's part of a mitzvah. And I want to talk about this mitzvah because... On the surface, it seems very difficult. People have said to me, Rabbi, get real. 
I'm anxious. I'm fearful. There are dark clouds on the horizon. Things are looking bad. How could you be so certain, so sure that God is going to take care of us? How could God have expectation that I should become cool, collected, trusting Him when there's so much to be anxious about? That's a good question. Let's take a look at this mitzvah. In the Rambam system, it comprises the 58th of the 365 negative mitzvot. The Rambam, and I quote, says that this mitzvah is, Sheikh has Hashem warns us, Don't be afraid of the heretics when you go out to war. Now this is interesting because the Rambam wrote the book in Arabic, Hebraized Arabic, and we don't know exactly what he meant when he said heretics. What does that mean? Some say or read translated word as our enemies, others as heretics. I'd like to suggest that the point is this. The Rambam is not telling you that every time you go out to battle, that it's a mitzvah to do what we're about to say. It's a mitzvah to do this. If it's a battle, that's a mitzvah. If you're battling heretics or those who deny the essence of divinity, you know this is a mitzvah. And when you do battle in that fashion, when you know that the war you are prosecuting is a moral war and a mandated war, we don't have holy wars. It's a different faith system. Let's not confuse us. War is hell. Horrible. Our prayer is that very soon all swords will be beaten into, sharp, sh- sh- into plows, share plows, as per the prophecy of Yeshayahu and of Isaiah. That's the very verse that the House of Darkness, I mean the United Nations, has emblazoned right in the front. Supposedly, that's what it's supposed to be focused on. Unfortunately, at least for the Jewish people, that hasn't been the case. But that is our hope. That is our yearning. That is our highest aspiration. We don't hope for war. We abhor war. War is evil. Sometimes a necessary evil. The doctor who would refuse to amputate the limb of the child causing the child to succumb to illness is not a compassionate practitioner of medicine. They're cruel and indifferent. And the doctor who has the gumption to mutilate the child, removing a hand or a leg, but in turn saving the child's life, is ultimately a paradigm of true compassion. War is hell. Objectively speaking, It's an evil, an evil we hope never to have to deal with. However, when thrust upon us, it becomes a moral obligation. For most people in the Western world, the last time they had any clarity with something like this was World War II, fighting Hitler, Yemachshimo. Really and truly, that's when the mitzvah factor begins. So we are warned at the time of conflict, at the time of battle, we're told, don't fear. Do not run from them. It is obligatory upon us to pull ourselves together, to find strength. 
to stand strong, to steal ourselves. The Rambam goes on to say, anybody who turns and runs from the battle has committed a terrible sin. The Torah repeats this commandment a second time, Lo tira'um, do not fear them. Nachmanides says, Rambam, I don't understand what you're saying. How could you say, don't fear them? A person is frightened. He has anxiety in his heart. Nachmanides chooses to read these words not as a commandment, but rather as a havtacha. You will not be afraid. Hashem promises, you will not have anxiety. You will be cool, calm, collected, courageous. You will be strong of spirit as you carry out the moral and the ethical mission that you've been handed, tragic and horrific as it may be. Nachmanani says, how could it be a mitzvah? After all, we have a commandment in the Torah that says, that the, the armed forces has to appoint people to make a very clear statement. In fact, a Kohen. And the Kohen says, if you're fearful, leave the battlefield. He says, that's like an oxymoron. Here you're telling me you're not allowed to be fearful, which means it's a sin. And then you say, oh, you're fearful? Well, then you should leave the battlefield. Are we telling people to sin? Rabbi Moshe de Leon, the 16th century defender of Rambam's Book of Mitzvahs, hits back at Nachmanides with force. He says, Rambam is right. How could it be a havtocha? How could it be a guarantee? Did we never fail in battle? Our Bible is filled with stories. Our history is riddled with failures. How could you say that it's always going to work and we will always be victorious when in fact we were not? He says, seems totally unreasonable. Sadly, sometimes our forces fell. How could the Torah make guarantees about something that isn't guaranteed? Therefore, Megillah Esther says, Certainly, it's a mitzvah. It's definitely a commandment. Not to be fearful. Well, what about the officers who come along and say, if you're fearful, then you should leave? Well, he says, that is, that is difficult to understand, but maybe it means people who are filled or riddled with sin and have good reason to be afraid. But if you don't have good reason to be afraid, then it would be a sin to actually be afraid. The Lev Sameach deals with this very same problem in a much, much longer article, a very long article. He notes that Ravid argues on the Rambam as well in the book of Mishnah Torah, in Hilchus Malachim, the seventh chapter. And it's really beyond the purview. It's, it's, it's like three pages. But I want to share with you a point that he makes. To, re to resolve the apparent contradiction between a valid reason to leave the battlefield, or in fact, the need for us to avoid this feeling altogether. He says, when you come close to the battlefield, if you are gripped by fear, then you should leave. Once you enter the theater of war, that right is removed. The Meshach 
in his commentary on the Chumash, further develops and explains this idea. He says, it depends when you're gripped with fear. The person who is filled with fear upon arrival at the front is not committing a sin. The person who is gripped with fear when he goes into battle, now that's when we're actually contravening the will of Hashem and the Torah. Now on the surface, that doesn't make any sense. Coming to the front is frightening. Going into the thick of battle, facing a drawn sword, or bombs going off, it's got to be worse. You know that Civil War novel, The Red Band of Courage? I think the pshat, I think the meaning is like this. It's established that if a person doesn't have wherewithal to perform a particular mitzvah, that they're exempt from the mitzvah. Simple as that. Clearly, if you're physically unable, it wasn't a mitzvah Hashem intended for you. The person who doesn't have hands can't fulfill the mitzvah of putting on tefillin on the hand. That's wholly obvious. The person who is simply not capable of eating matzah, not capable, would be exempt from the mitzvah. If a person is ill and unable to perform a particular mitzvah because of their illness, they're not obligated. A person who is insane, heaven forfend, doesn't know the difference between right and wrong, is pater mikola mitzvahs. The famed Reb Chaim of Brisk once told a young man who indicated that he wasn't drawn towards women. He couldn't perform this mitzvah. Reb Chaim Brisker said, then clearly you are exempt from the mitzvah of having children. It is possible for a person to be exempt from a mitzvah. Not everybody can go to war. If you come to the front and you're wetting your pants, if you're seized with dread and shaking, no battle's begun yet. You're just arriving at the front and you can't walk straight. Clearly you don't have what it takes. That's not a mitzvah. That's a person who, for whatever reason, Hashem didn't give the wherewithal, the ability to fulfill this particular mitzvah. But if you're able to have the courage to arrive at the theater of battle, then you have the ability to overcome your fear. So what does that look like? But a person, a person might be fearful. A person might feel a sense of anxiety or concern when the bullets start flying. The Rambam in the book of mitzvahs and in Mishnah Torah spells it out very clearly. He says it means don't think don't think about your wife. Don't think about your children. Don't think about your parents. Don't ruminate on the fear. Push the fear away. Force yourself to focus on the mission. That is to say, if a person has a thought that comes to mind that's sinful, they haven't committed a sin. If a person chooses to ruminate on the thought, they've crossed the line. Of course, a person might feel anxious. But you can choose to push that fear out of your mind. That's what soldiers train for. 
It's not a time to think of your family. It's not a time to think of your loved ones. It's not a time to think about what if. Now is a time to think about the fact that we've been tasked by Hashem to carry out a holy mission. Horrible as it may seem, a moral war must be prosecuted. And if that's a mission Hashem gave you, it's a mitzvah obligation, focus on the mitzvah. My guess is that most normal people don't love to see blood. But the person who chooses to be a doctor overcomes that fear. If you plan to be a rabbi, you're going to need to learn how to speak publicly. For some people it will come more easily, for some people less. It's not an option. Figure it out. Learn how to overcome the paralysis of fear and do what you must. That is a mitzvah. Rabbeinu Yoyna is telling us, if the soldier can overcome fear when bullets are flying at him, if somebody can face a naked sword, if somebody can stand in the proximity of bombs exploding and continue to focus on what he or she must do and not lose themselves, then in every situation you have the ability to calm yourself, to think about Hashem to rid yourself of anxiety and to focus on the notion and as we've learned and as we will learn this can be done and doing it necessarily brings God's salvation my friends the upshot is that because it's a mitzvah it's within reach I can you can. We have to be able to do this. We have to be able to use our faith to overcome our fear. We have to be able to develop the trust. Because if we weren't, then God wouldn't ask us to. I conclude with the stirring words that the Rebbe once wrote early on in his leadership. A letter written in Yiddish to a person who is riddled with anxiety and worry. The Rebbe says, You have but two choices. You can go around consumed with anxiety and worry. When the blessings will come true, then you'll have something else to be anxious about. Why'd you have to waste so much of your wherewithal and your strength to worry for nothing? Other, the other option of choices is be strong in your conviction, in your trust, in your faith in Hashem. When Emun in Hashem is Baruch. On you trust him. He won't lead you astray. God will take you where you must go. And then, when you pass this test of difficult period, you'll be able to say to yourself, I handled that well. Wegen Sachen, wegen welche. Es ist nicht gewen, 
able to trachten. I didn't get anxious. I didn't worry about things I didn't have to. My friends, let HaKadosh Baruch Hu worry for you. He takes care of six billion of us. He can take care of you. He can take care of me. The question you have to ask yourself is, am I doing the right thing? If I can be certain that this is a Mochemes Mitzvah, if I can be sure, and that may require consulting with your spiritual mentor, your Rav, but if I can be sure I'm doing the right thing, or perhaps differently stated, once I'm sure I'm doing the right thing, there is no room for fear, no room for worry, no room for any anxiety whatsoever. And with that kind of faith and trust in Hashem, not only won't we be knocked down, but with our Kaddish Baruch Hu's help, we will see the Almighty deliver us, take us out of the difficulty, out of the darkness, and into brilliant light. May we merit to strengthen our betochen, to know that this final battle we face is one that will certainly be overcome, and that Amir Hashem speedily, and in our days, we will together merit to see the coming of Mashiach, b'mheira ubi amenu, speedily, and in our days, amen. Thank you so much for joining. That's episode two. Come back again tomorrow for the next episode. We'll be talking about steps of faith as we continue to move ahead in our quest to find trust, certainty, and tranquility. Thank you.